After the IPL and the T20 World Cup, the season of bilateral series has begun. India whitewashed New Zealand in the T20s yet again, and Bangladesh have now started losing on their home turf. Elsewhere, Sri Lanka and West Indies are playing for some World Test Championship points. But the big news from the week and the main topic of our discussion today is that the Australian captaincy has yet again been abandoned, this time by Tim Payne and his genitals. <laughs> With me, as always, is my co-host and dear friend, Shabelle, who has a big oh, smile gosh. on his face, but that big smile is of disappointment. I it's can a smile of pain. Um, <laughs> last week, we are talking about the glory of a T20 World Cup victory. And now we're talking about a second captain who's uh, lost his uh, duty as captain due to ball tampering. Absolutely. So, <laughs> Shabelle, firstly, um, firstly, tell me how you've been. Yeah, been all right, to be honest. Just uh, been keeping busy. But um, in terms of the Tim Payne uh, news, I was in shock on, uh, what was it, Friday? Yep. Uh, seeing the updates come in, seeing the news come in, and then sharing the news and everyone in shock as well. Yep. Um, I can't believe it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, before we talk more about it, how, how have you been? Yeah, I'm, I've been I've been all right. Um, yeah, obviously shocked and um, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't say disappointed, but yeah, obviously shocked um, yep. in the news because probably this if if I was given if I was told to make a list of why anyone would resign from captaincy, this would not be on my list at all. It not uh, even last. Um, no, it was very strange. I thought when they came out with the sexting allegation that it was happened recently, but then yeah. four years ago, which makes yep. it even stranger. So yeah, exactly, and. So my question to you is, let's, let's begin with the situation that we have at hand right now. Yeah. Uh, what, what were your feelings in, from that 15 minutes where it was announced that Tim Payne will be holding a press conference ASAP at, well, at 1 p.m., uh, well, 1 p.m. my time. Um, what, were those fe- what were the feelings, what were your thoughts in those 15 minutes where he actually walked out and said the words? What, what were you feeling then? Yeah, I was just uh, trying to process it all. Like, shit, this is very close to an Ashes series. Like, yep. What the hell's going on? Um, so, yeah, the, the word before the press conference started that he is going to resign, but I, I wasn't really sure whether he was still going to make himself available for selection or not. Yeah. So now all the discussion is whether it gets into the 11, but just the whole thing is just strange because I looked at it and I was thinking, shit, what did he do? The guy's married. He's got kids. Um, did he... Uh, <laughs> show his genitals to someone like recently when he's like married, but he he did it while he was still married, but three, four years ago. I'm like, why is it coming out now? That was my original uh, feeling around it. Like, and you know, and then I found out like Cricket Tasmania knew about it. Cricket Australia knew about it. They made him captain anyway. Yep. And, and more so like, more so than that, they sort of portray Tim Payne as this good boy image. Yeah, yeah. So he and, was the poster boy of the, yep. you know, the renewed image. Um, yep. So that doesn't give, well, doesn't give a lot of credit to Cricket Australia when that happens. That you know, this thing goes public and they, you know, all of a sudden maybe he was pushed to to, to resign. I'm not sure. He he came out and said that it was his own decision. But I know for a fact that Justin Langer actually came out um, to Tim Payne and said, no, I don't want you to resign from the, from the captaincy because of this. But, 
just the whole thing is weird to me. Yeah. You know, it a lot of people and, knew about this. Yeah, yep, exactly. And and the timing is weird as well, isn't it? It's interesting. Yeah, the timing. Because, mm. um, you know, there's so many, firstly, there's so many stakeholders involved. There's so many parties involved. There's Cricket Australia. There's, um, you know, there's Cricket Taz, there's Tim Payne, there's Tim Payne's family. And there's the, then there's the woman who, was as as per cricket Taz, they said, who was accused of theft. And in those investigations, this came forward when she made the complaint um, to to the organization. So what cricket Taz has come out and said that this is, this happened um, with both, you know, in a, with, with mutual um, understanding from both, both the parties with total consent. So it, it wasn't like Tim Payne was forcing, um, whatever he did on, on the from, woman. Yeah, from the, from the text messages that we were reading. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was hilarious. Uh, safe to say In that the sense Tim, of Tim Payne, Payne is talking like this when he's married, for starters. But anyway, yep. reading the messages, it's, it wasn't as if she was saying, leave me alone, stop yep. bothering me. Yep. Doesn't, doesn't mean what Tim Payne did was right, but yep. it you know what I'm doesn't. saying. You know what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and, Back then, it was what what my point is, what my question to you is, um, when Cricket Taz and Cricket Australia came out and said, oh, we have already had this investigation back yeah. then and he was cleared, then how, firstly, who, how did it leak to the press? And Tim, Tim Payne has already said that, you know, he always feared that this will come out at some stage. Mm. So there were, and he also said that there were prior um, prior efforts to put this out to in, in the public, you know, leak this information. So they, someone has been holding on to this for a while now and Cricket Australia and Cricket Taz have been covering it up. So where do you think did Cricket Australia or Cricket Taz, I think more so it's falls on the Cricket Australia shoulders because, you know, they are the peak sporting body in, in, in the country. So where do you think Cricket Australia missed the you know missed the trick here in actually handling this yeah they didn't handle it very well now i think it was sort of like they knew it happened they tried to cover it up and use tim Payne as the poster boy then it comes out in the public and you know they say oh his actions are unacceptable um not acceptable for a cricket captain but you knew about it guys yeah like who are you fooling yeah that's right <laughs> you know that's what correct. i mean like, yeah like, come on like you know cricket australia's worked so hard to try uh fix its image over the years as we all know and this is another attempt at some PR. Yeah, really is because so probably test season two coming soon. Oh uh, yeah, oh, the, the 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 Photoshop. <laughs> no, it wasn't really Photoshop. Someone just did it on paint. The testicle. Yeah, oh, yep. I could have stopped yep. laughing. Bro. <laughs> that, was, that was too funny. Uh, um, the memes. Look, the memes and the tweets. Yeah, over the past few days have just been fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, fans have had a field day oh, with all this. You it's know, just this been is hilarious. This is two and two now that uh, this is the second captain in the last um, seven years that have that has resigned on on in front of a press crying in front of cameras. So it's just enough. Uh, We've had enough of that here in Australia. Like yep. uh, we had that in 2018 and it's happened again. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, from all this, there's there's some serious questions that obviously um, mm. came up from from this whole debacle that. Firstly, it wasn't it wasn't um, wasn't handled very well by Cricket Australia. It wasn't handled very well by uh, Cricket Taz. But that's the that's the administration side of things. The on field side of things are going to suffer as well. If anything, Australia's chances to win the Ashes 
has just, I, I would say personally have just gone up because now they can bring in a wicketkeeper batsman who can, yes, I, I, I'll be fair. That so you wouldn't keep Payne? Uh, look, from experience, yes, he, he, as a keeper, he does get ahead of anyone else. But as a batter, there are better batsmen in form at the moment. Um, Averages 32 in test cricket. Uh, yes, for a keeper batsman, I agree. But seven would, wouldn't bad. you say this is the perfect time to bring in someone new? Yeah, someone, and be. that's that's where my question was going. Is mm. there there are certain candidates? Um, you know, I'll I'll read off a list here for you, uh, who I think should be not who I think should be in the reckoning. Um, there's obviously Josh Philippi. He has scored the runs. He has taken catches, stumpings. Yeah, he's in some good form. Yep, yeah. he's in some good form. Alex Carey is the obvious choice. Who was the ne- who was next in line? There's Josh Inglis, who was who was you know Shane Warne has come out and said just get Josh Inglis in, put him in the first test. Yeah. Um, or there's the other one that's Peter Neville. He's an older, experienced guy. He's someone yeah. he can be looked as at a, as an outsider. So what I do you, he's what do you think? Scoring too many though, has he Peter Neville? Like I'm, a, I'm a fan of him. He, I think he brought up his hundredth first class game very recently, or this game currently. Yeah. But he hasn't been in the runs, to be honest. Um, yeah, six. Well, we scored this season four twenty nine, not out sixteen and sixteen, and then was out cheaply in this test. Uh, sorry, in this uh, Sheffield Shield game currently against Victoria for one. So doesn't. Uh, same as though he'll get in. I think that's an absolute long shot. You got Kerry and Inglis, I think, who are the, the front runners. Yeah. If if um, you were if you were sitting in that selector's chair as you know, if you oof, were George Bailey, yeah, who would you yeah, yeah. if if you had only one name to put down at number seven, because pretty much all other players are pretty much settled. If you that's now the key number seven spot, who would you put? Yeah, I wouldn't say all the other positions are settled, to be honest. We have the opening position in the number five. So this adds another question. Oh, I don't know, to be honest. I'm torn because I think Payne could still do a job for the team. Um, and, and, and as much stick as he gets with the bat, I think at home, um, he's done okay. In his test career, he's done okay. He's averaging 32. And I think it's those expectations that Adam Gilchrist set when yep. he was playing that, you know, an average of 32 doesn't seem a lot for a wicketkeeper batter anymore. But that was very good before the time of Adam Gilchrist. Um, so Payne's done okay, despite all you know, the criticism you hear about he hasn't scored a test century and all that, but yeah. he's, he's done all right for that position. I think technically he's pretty sound. Um, but look, the concern I have is that he doesn't have a lot of cricket under his belt. He's coming Absolutely. back from that uh, injury. Uh, he took six catches yep, for Tasmania in the second, second 11. 11. Yep. Um, and he was keeping beautifully. There were some excellent grabs there. So that's encouraging. We'll see how he goes with the bat. I don't know. If I was a selector, I wouldn't make a decision just yet. Um, I, I don't know. It's a tough one because I think Payne still has something to offer, but it, it is a very good opportunity. It's a blood, some new talent in there. I think Alex Kerry coming in an Ashes series or a Josh Inglis, this can be something very special for them. Um, if, and both of them are fantastic players. They average around the mid-30s with the bat in uh, first-class cricket. So they won't let you down. Either of those two players, they're very good uh, cricketers, but um, we we'll just have to wait and see how Payne goes uh, from here on in. So your first test pick would be Tim Payne from the looks of it. For for now, yeah, I'd say yeah. so. Yeah. But I uh, see we see what sort sort of form he's in over the next week or so. Um, just for that experience, 
you know, that experience there for a big series. And then, you know, I think he's hinted that, you know, he'd like to finish off this Ashes series. Um, I reckon, you know what, for, look, he's made mistakes as a captain over the years, over the last few years. Most notably, you know, the Border Gavaska series last year against India. We look back at that Headingley test against England. But he's served the team well. Yeah. You know, he's, he's played a key role in, in sort of stabilising things. I know it's all gone to shit for him now. But when he came in, he came in at a very difficult time. And uh, yeah, he sort of helped steady the ship a little bit. And I think, you know, they might look to say, look, you've, you've done a good job for us. We'll give you this series to bow out. And then Australia can look at blooding some new talent in. So that's yep. one way they might go. But yeah, but but the key question now, um, because I've just realized that the, Australia's next tour are some subcontinental tours. You know, they play Pakistan, Sri Lanka, India in, in yeah. the next space of 12 months. So would you say it's this is the perfect time to at least give one test or two tests to someone new? Good. In Australia and then take them overseas? Yeah, possibly. But I, the thing I'd say to that is, you know, you might give Alex Carey five tests here in the Ashes. He might perform brilliantly, but that does not mean he's going to perform in the subcontinent. Yeah. So, you know, you give him that, maybe that taste of test cricket might be, you know, important for them to give him the taste of test cricket in the subcontinent might be and, very, and he's, very challenging. And he's a left-hander and there's Ashwin, so. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So look, as I said, you know, you're facing, you know, Jack Leach. You would know, you know, no disrespect to Jack Leach. He's no Ashwin in India, is he? So it's going to be a very different uh, test. So if Kerry does play here, there'll be a pressure because it's an Ashes series and gets the taste of test cricket. But it does not mean that if he's successful in the Ashes, he'll be successful in India. So yeah. it's a decision Australia will have to make over the coming uh, days, yep. who they keep will be. Yep. With the, with the test coming up very, very soon. But um, I reckon they might lean towards pain. I think I would too, yep. just for his experience. But we'll wait and see. And the next immediate question is, mm. who is the captain? Who do you pick? <laughs> My pick, I it wouldn't be a popular decision, but I'd go back to Smith. Okay. Okay, I'll... I'll... I don't know. I know you disagree. I'll, dist- I'll distance myself from that because I'm. Um, look, f- personally, uh, Pat Cummins is the vice captain. He has been given the vice he captaincy is. with some thought, and I think he should be the next pick. I think he sure. he's perfectly ready to be a captain. I know he hasn't captained even in the state side, but he, I, I think he has a calm head on his shoulders. He knows what well, he wants to do. We'll have to see. We'll have to see about that when you placed under the pump in press situations and you've got a bowl as well. Yeah. You've got a bowl 15, 20 overs a day. And then when you're not bowling, you've got to be leading the team. You've got to be keeping the team upbeat. Even if you're bowling in, in very hot conditions, you're bending your back. You've got to then lead the team, be very strong mentally, strategically. When things aren't going Australia's way, how's he going to respond? These are questions that, um, you know, you want to, you don't know about them before an Ashes series. Is it too big a risk to put Pat Cummins? Yeah. And do you think this is the best time if, let's say, a big if, um, if the captaincy goes to Steve Smith, this is the perfect time to, um, you know, prepare someone like Travis Head and Manus for the, for that next captain's role? Manus doesn't have an experience of captaincy, though. There's the problem. 
Um, like similar to, to Cummins, doesn't have a lot of captaincy experience. This is the problem. I think the best thing for the team, you got to look at what the best thing for the team is. I know Steve Smith made a terrible mistake years ago, but he served a very hefty punishment. He sat, he lost the year of his career, yeah. of his international career because of it. So he, he did his time and um, yeah, he, he knows he made a terrible mistake. But I think when you look at what's the best thing for cricket, what's the best thing for the Australia team right now? It's uh, Steve Smith, in my opinion. I think Pat Cummins, when you're sending down 15, 20 overs a day as the premier fast bowler, and then you have the captain on top of that as well, that might be tough. But I could be proven wrong. And Pat Cummins could do an amazing job, and I hope he does. Uh, but I'm just worried about Pat. Look, even, yeah, when I say he's he should be the captain, even I'm worried about Pat Cummins as a fast Workload. bowler. because Workload, you know? Yeah, exactly. He is... He has to, if he's the captain, he has to play all five tests. He cannot just say one day that, oh, I'm, I feel like resting, you know, for the fourth test. We are one, three nil already. I want to rest. He cannot do that. He doesn't have the luxury to do that as the captain because now it's more so that Australia needs a fixed long-term captain than just a stand-in captain. Um, so, it, yeah, that, that is one side of it. But another side is Pat Cummins is experienced well, not captaincy, but he's experienced in the longer format. He, everyone, you know, I know it's not, it's not a. No idea. doubt about it. No doubt about it. Pat Cummins has an excellent cricketing brain. The guy's a champion and he's very yeah. smart cricketer, but it's the pressures of captaincy as well. You're always under the spotlight in the cricketing yeah. captaincy, more so than other sports. You're in control on the field. You don't have a coach or a manager on the touchline like you would in football, guiding the team kind of thing. You're the one that's got to make very split second decisions a lot of the time and also come up with plans and execute them. You know, for example, if Ben Stokes is putting Australia under pressure one day, how does Pat Cummins respond? Yeah. As a bowler, he's going to try to get him out, but as a captain as well, he's got to think how am I going to get him out too. So that's correct. balancing those things is going to be the challenge. That's the only concern I have. Um, it's just, it's, it's burdening him with a lot if you captain him. So when I look, when I think about it, what's the best thing for the team? It's a very unpopular decision, I think, but the best thing for the team is is, is smudge, to be honest. But I risk uh, people have a, you know disagreeing with me, but fair enough. Yeah. No, I mean, look from a from a the situation that Australia is in right now, it's no one really thought even a week ago that they'll be in this situation, and the yeah the the left field choice would be just bring in Aaron Finch, let him captain, oh. and do whatever you want. <laughs> and he'll win the toss for us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at least that's the important yeah. thing. So, uh, um, because if you're going at Melbourne and Sydney, you have to win that toss. You have yeah, to. Yeah, it's important, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is crucial to win that toss. At I don't know, man. So it's going to be an interesting few days, uh, the upcoming week, see what happens with the captaincy. But, yeah, but look, anything if you know whatever happens, obviously our support will be for Australia, both of us. Definitely. So um, we'll be going in, you know, with all our hearts in the Ashes series. So all backing to towards, you know, to anyone who captains and you know who anyone who plays for Australia. So 100%. it'll be a really, really great series. And you know, Ben Stokes is back for England, so that's the added uh, added advantage from from for the English players. So it'll be really exciting to see all these players, you know, Joe Root after the year that he has already had 
to see him on Australian shows, uh, yep. to see how he goes, it'll be really fantastic. There's a lot of uncertainties about the Australia team. So England have to be going in feeling confident. They have to. They have to go in feeling that they can do it because, you know, Australia lost last year to a very depleted India team. All credit to India for that series. And now Australia looking all sorts. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, Nash, your team, India, uh, some victories over New Zealand, but it's nothing new. That's the eighth straight bilateral T20 win um, in terms of matches for India against New Zealand, but they can't win in ICC tournaments. What did you make of this series? Um, and, and who were you impressed with mostly? It's a good win. It, it, it was an excellent win. I think um, from, from purely cricketing point of view, it was everyone chipped in, you know, uh, Rahul and Rohit at, at the top, really key to India's progress next year in, in the Australian you know, in the T20 World Cup next year held in Australia. So um, good to see them back in form, good to see them performing. I think India still haven't nailed that all-rounder all spot in the, in the Indian team. They are still searching for it. In the, going into the series, India went in with probably no all-rounder at all. If you if you look at Aksar, yes, he's all rounder, but you know, no fast bowling all rounder. Venkatesh Ayer was the all rounder, but he did not bowl in the first two games. I don't know why. Um, the, this is the point of these pointless bilaterals that you know you try you're out very, new you're players. Very right. mm. Yes, you have to win, but you have to try new players. What they do under pressure, what what the situation is. Good to see Bhuvneshwar back in form as well um, for the first couple of games. Really, really poor performance from Deepak Chahar again. He did he did well in phases, but mostly he mm. looked like he he did not look like being penetrative at all. And you know, he was he did not look like taking wickets at any stage. Yeah. But again, what a performer Ashwin is. I think his comeback has been first of all, I don't know why he was out of the T20 side. So mm. um, but since his comeback, his numbers have been really well yeah. as well. There was a question last night on Twitter. And it was like, why did they drop Ashwin, you know, in the first place? And one of the reasons I'd say was maybe the, uh, the performances of Kuldeep uh, Yadav and Yuzvendra Trahal as a partnership for India those few years ago, but that hasn't quite materialized over time. So, yeah, Ashwin coming back has been fantastic. Very skillful. I mean, we were discussing it earlier in the year. We were saying whether Ashwin should come back into the side, and we agreed that he should because he's got the skill. He's not only a smart red ball bowler, but he's a very good white ball bowler. But I'd actually love to see Ashwin utilize the, the the conventional off-spinner more in um, white ball cricket. It, the way he gets it to get over the batsman's eye and then dip and then bounce and turn, it's just, it's just an art. His conventional off-spinner is an art. Absolutely. And he is the topmost artist in that. I think yeah. um, the way he... He's just a street smart cricketer. That that's yes. all he is. I mean, he thinks about the cricket in in a different way than others, and he knows what's happening. He knows what the batsmen are doing at all times. So he's never he's never caught you know he's never caught off guard when he's bowling. So he always has backup plans. He always knows what to do. And really good to see him back in the um you know in the in the T20 side. So really happy for him. I think he was the star performer for me in the. Um, in the T20 series, because yes, you know, you know, Rohit Sharma scored runs, uh, KL Rahul scored runs, but to have that off-spinning option, Ashwin at all times in your in your um, yep. attack, 
that's the most important thing going into Australia. Speaking of um, the number six all-rounder spot, who do you think can fill that void? Look, I think from a if you it depends what India is looking at. Are India looking at a batting all-rounder or are India looking at a bowling all-rounder? And again, that comes back to what are the bowling resources for India? Because I think from a batting resources, India is pretty much set where KL Rahul, um, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli will come back and you got Surya Kumar Yadav as well. I think those four are pretty much set um, for, the, for the next couple of years at least. See, then again, you have Rishabh Pant, who's I think I'm not really convinced with his T20 game still. So he has to still figure out a lot of things in his T20 game. But I think it's... I think that's where India's dilemma is in that in that all-rounder position. I think that for most teams, that number six has been will be taken by that all-rounder. For example, if you see, there's Mitchell Marsh for Australia, who yes bats at number three, but he's that perfect all-rounder who can bowl and bat. Or Marcus Toynis, uh, these players. So, or even for England, there's Liam Livingstone who comes in at five and six, you know, who can bowl Very a bit important of spin, leg spin. Yeah, exactly. And so when you say like batting all rounder or bowling, I think it's got to be like a, a very good batting all rounder there because it's a very important finishing position too. Exactly, exactly. And that's where Hardik Pandya comes into play. Yeah. You know, um, Hardik Pandya. He's the ideal can, one. Yeah. If you're looking for a batsman who can bowl, Hardik Pandya is the ideal. Uh, player for that because he can finish an innings we have we all know that he can be absolutely lethal in the death overs. so um, he has to still figure out and Rohit Sharma has to figure out where to use him in when it comes to bowling is yeah. is do do they use him in that middle overs and I think that's the perfect uh, you know perfect overs for him perfect time to bowl so it's it, it as I was saying earlier, India went in with probably zero all-rounders, you know, but came out with Deepak Char, Harshal Patel, and Venkatesh Iyer as their all-rounders who can, you know, bowl and bat as well. Deepak so, Chahar can hit a ball. He's been excellent. He can, yeah. exactly. And really happy that Yuzvendra Chahal got a game as well in the end. I don't know why he was yeah, kept yeah. out in the first two games, but overall, overall a good performance. And But more than that, I'm really happy to see the red ball format back. Yeah, um, Absolutely. Just a couple of days. I think they start on Thursday. So yeah, looking forward. To really looking forward back, to yeah. it. Um, really looking forward to it, and I really hope they get some good practice in this game before going to South Africa. Yeah, yeah. So just a quick question on the white ball before we quickly touch on the Test series. How important it is for India to to get these bilaterals right? Because I just feel you look back at the 2019 World Cup, they had the issue of the number four in the ODI team. They never sorted that out, and I think it cost them in the end. Here in the T20 World Cup, I felt they never really sorted out that all-rounder position. It hurt them a lot. So I think you're right. They've got to use these bilaterals to be able to sort out their team and go into the World Cup prepared next year. Yeah, Because injury is too good a side to to underachieve, because that's what I felt they've been doing the last few uh, years in white ball cricket. Magnificent resources, great talent, but not going all the way. Yeah, I mean, you, you're bang on. I think you're right on the money because they haven't sorted some combinations in their lineup. Yeah. Um, when exactly as you said, when it comes to that number four for the 50 over format and that you know all around the position as well in the in the T20 format. So it's really crucial going on into Australia into next year uh, that Australia 
T20 World Cup is their focus and everything that they do in these bilaterals uh, helps them ultimately achieve that T20 final spot um, in, in Australia. So, and I think they haven't be they haven't taken those risks. You know, you have to take those risks in these bilaterals. You 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 might end up losing one or one or two games here and there. But I think it's all about that, learning, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. As long as you know what people are doing in those positions in there in under pressure when when they're challenged, yeah. I think those make the best players. And I think they will go on and you have to give them a longer run. You have to stick with them for at least you know four games, five games. If they don't do it, that's fine. You know, let them go. Let them go away. Let them perform in the domestic structure and then come back again. So, but you have to take those risks, which I feel India hasn't done. True, true. And speaking on number four, we'll talk about number four in the test match now. Um, Virat Kohli rested from the first test. So, do you have um, a preference on who you'd like to see replace him for that test match, uh, the first test at number four? Look, I think it's a. a, a I think we were speaking about this the other day when I when I told you my scorer. Um, it's it's a it's a hard one, isn't it? It's a hard one because that number four spot is probably the most important spot spot in the in the yeah. red ball format. Because if you lose two early wickets and you don't have someone like Sachin Tendulkar, you don't have someone like Virat Kohli, you don't have someone like Steve Smith, it's all it's all gone. Um, so it's really interesting one because that first. Personally, I don't know. I don't have the answer. But to, if if I had to pick one, Shreya Sire. If I had to pick one, yes, it would be Shreya Sire. You've got the option um, as well of promoting Ajinka Rahane to four. Well, I think he will bat at four. Um, well, yeah. From from personally, I think he will bat at four. But if he doesn't, then it's I either Shreya Sire or even you can give someone like Shubman Gill a go. Let's let's see what he does because KL Rahul and too. you can't drop yeah. KL Rahul and Rohit Sharma from that opening spot because that's Rohit much... Sharma is actually rested. Oh yeah, that's right. That's that's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Um, yeah, uh, I just that just slipped my mind. Um, mm. KL Rahul obviously then KL Rahul and Shubman Gill will open. Um, yes, there's Mayanka Garwal in the in this side as well, but I think they will. A few questions with... to answer. Yeah, 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 they'll go with Gill and Rahul. If I was there, I'll go with Gill and Rahul. And then number three would be Pujara, and number four would be Ayer, and then number five would be Rahane. How big a series is this for Pujara and Rahane? Massive, massive. I think before going to South Africa, I think they need to really sort their sort their game out. Um, they really need to see. They really need to self-analyze where they sit in in personally in their cricketing career. And for for Rahane, he's already thirty three, and you know both of them are thirty three and not getting any younger. Uh, Pujara will be 34 in a couple of months' time. So yeah, there's not much cricket left in them. They're probably two years, four, three years more. They really need to s- leave behind a legacy that can be carried forward by the people coming in after them. So they really need to have that peak for the next 12 months and really get get going in this series. Very important series. Completely agree with you there. Um, you know, if those two have poor series the doubt is going to grow the pressure is going to grow ahead of those big test matches you know Shabel, keeping the batting side of indian this indian squad aside i'm really excited to see umesh yadav with the red ball in indian conditions again you know we we all know he can reverse the ball um it'll be really exciting to see him with ishan sharma 
um, with Siraj as well. And I, I really hope I get to see Prasid Krishna as well, bowling that, you know, he's just a 25-year-old bowling fast on Indian track. So really excited to see Ashwin back, Jadeja back. New Zealand has left-handers, so they will, obviously Ashwin will be in play. I, I've already yeah. tweeted that he will get Tom Latham out at slip, caught by Rohane. So let's see how that goes. Um, but from, from a bowling point of view, it looks pretty much settled. You have these options who have performed previously in the test arena. You have some new blood like Prasid Krishna coming in as well. So Jayant Adav already has a test hundred. Um, Aksar Patel has 27 wickets in three test matches against England. So um, yeah, they know about him. Whoever they pick, I think is going to perform. Um, and they, they, yeah. they have to go with the best bowling combination that there is at the moment. Like imagine what I was going to say is like imagine ten years ago India so without their two premier paces from the Test lineup you think oh who are we going to bring it. into the team yeah but um now you think okay we've got Shamri and Boomer arrested but still got an excellent bowling attack you know Absolutely. especially pace bowling attack with Siraj Imashiata for those conditions very impressive indeed so that's something I credit um, you know Virat Kohli I think he's really driven that as a captain. And, and um, credit to Bharat Arun as well. I think yes. the fast bowling coach who just um, resigned from his post and he has done loads of work with the fast, fast bowlers. There's been a change India. of focus. There's been a change of focus in that area and that's where India have really improved in test cricket. That's why they can compete overseas. Exactly. 2-1 in Australia, leading 2-1 in England. You've got to have a bowling attack that's capable. Yeah. Absolutely. One team that I think can certainly take India's lead and start focusing on a pace bowling attack and start focusing on the red ball cricket. You know who I'm talking about here. It's Bangladesh. Yep. Um, currently playing in the 30 against Pakistan. They're a chance of winning it. Uh, Pakistan needs 66 or 51 balls in the last game. Another low scoring game. Surprise, surprise. But their World Cup campaign didn't surprise me at all. Um Losing these T20s to Pakistan doesn't surprise me. I just feel that specific conditions only they can perform in. And then you look ahead of these test matches against Pakistan. Um, You think spin's going to play a key role again, but when Bangladesh got to go to New Zealand uh, for test matches in January and they go to South Africa for test matches in April, they do not have a seam bowling attack capable of building pressure let alone taking 20 wickets. Absolutely. So we, so we talk about India wanting to, you know, how they've improved. And I think test cricket, it's so different to white ball bowling. Red ball bowling is discipline. Red ball bowling is patience. It's, you know, you look at white ball cricket, it's about bowling a lot of variations. So yep. you avoid trying new things. things, trying new things. Test cricket, it's a different story. It's about building pressure and working over a batsman it's discipline, it's fitness, it's concentration, just as much as it is, as it is batting. Yeah, We talk about concentration when you bat, it's the same thing with the ball. Exactly, and because hardly in test cricket it happens that you, you bowl all balls on the spot and you get wickets for it. It happened to exactly. India in Adelaide last year and that was it. Um, it hardly happens like that. It, it's very rare, um, although, work hard although it's happened twice to India in a matter of eight months. So, um, yeah. But when it when it comes to Bangladesh, you're right. I think they don't have the fast bowling, fast bowling resources to compete in you know in in, in conditions like New Zealand or or even South Africa. Because I think 
traditionally New Zealand conditions have, they look green, but they are flat. They turn out to be flat. They turn out to be pitches that you can score 600 yeah, yeah. on. Um, yeah. So but they need bowlers. Thing, that's can, the thing. You need, you need bowlers. I think most countries have got that bowler that can do it for you even on a yeah. flat pitch. Yeah, exactly. Bangladesh, I wonder, look, who's that pace bowler that's going to come in and run in and hit the deck all day? Because what I see about their bowlers, they're not conditioned for red ball bowling. What I see is they bowl a good couple of overs to start their spell and then they're pretty ordinary for the rest of the day because they can't maintain the consistency that you need in test matches with yep. the ball. So yep. because they have to get that aspect of their game. They're bored and their management is really holding them back. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in conditions like Bangladesh and India, well, even India has changed now, but in conditions like Bangladesh or even Sri Lanka, fastballers' role is more so holding one end or... You know, just getting the old, getting new ball. Uh, you know, make it old for a few overs in the in the at the start of the innings, and or, then just or pretty hang. much fill it, filling in on a Saturday when you can't field an eleven in park cricket. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's it's, and that that doesn't that doesn't happen in South Africa. South South Africa, you need a fast bowler who can bowl from one end all day. You need fast bowlers who can bowl all day, who can bowl, you know, eight over spells, ten over spells. Mm-hmm. You know, twelve over spells when things are happening, like at Wanderers, that's at you know at Joburg. So you need those fast bowlers, and at the moment, sadly, Bangladesh don't have that. So it, I really hope they the board looks inwards and you know starts analyzing where they are going wrong. You know, they bring in people like Shakib and Mushfiq who are experienced, who know what to do, who who have performed in overseas conditions, who know who know what it takes to perform in these conditions. So I think really, really. I see. I hope that Bangladesh Cricket Board starts starts to um, build a structure in their domestic uh, domestic structure uh, competitions, which yep. uh, encourages the fast bowlers to bowl fast, to bowl a line and length, and to you know take wickets. I like Tuscan Ahmed, but just as I said to you before, he's just not conditioned to bowl long form bowling. He's got talent, he's got potential, as does Mustafa Zoraman. Abu Jayad is a decent option for them, but as I said. They just they, they don't know the art yep. of red ball bowling. It's very different. Uh, for Pakistan, a comfortable series win for them. Um, looking for a whitewash here. They've, they've, they've brought in some new players for this game. Um, I would say with their pace attack um, and their very, very wily spinners as well in their lineup, that they'll, be a, they'll look to be a threat next year in the World Cup as well, the T20 side of things. More to, so Test Cricket's back with Sri Lanka and West Indies. Fantastic to see the red ball stuff back. So happy Test Cricket is back. Uh, it started with Dimuth Karanaratni, who struck another tonne, his fourth of the year, uh, on the first day against the West Indies. Sri Lanka got 386. The West Indies fought back in that Nash, but it's now the spinners, the Sri Lankan spinners. They've got a wicket each, Embaldini and Jayawakrama. I think 386 is looking a long way off in that one. Yep. Yep, it is. And sadly, one of the debutants, Jeremy Solazano, got hit on the helmet, which was absolutely terrifying. Um, mm. I think Shea Hope has come in as the concussion substitute for him. So, um, you know, that was, that was, you know, I, I shouldn't it's laugh. Scary stuff. It, it was scary. It was scary because Karuna, I think Karuna Ratne was the batter who, who hit and he, it directly hit his grill um i don't know what was yeah. the speed of the hit but again as you said dimut karuna ratne 
the captain, his numbers as the skipper have been absolutely brilliant in test yeah. match. I think he averages 50 or 55 something. 50 odd, yeah. Yep. Um, scored another ton. I think Sri Lanka for the last five, six years, people say that, oh, they don't perform. They have been minnows, but they have been there and thereabouts. You know, they have... They've had some good moments. They have some good moments. They won in South Africa. They won in... You oh, know, they, yeah. They have won pretty much every series at home. They have... I think the only series that they lost was the Sri Lanka... Sorry, the England one. Um, twice, which, yeah. Twice, oh, yeah. The last, last couple of years, yeah. But he's yeah. averaging 51 at the moment as captain. Karen yeah, Arati, so and... that's, a, that's a brilliant. And that num- that middle order, Angela Matthews, Dhananjaya Da Silva, and Dinesh Chandimal, uh, they really need to start scoring some runs as well. Um you know, they, they really need to look set well settled in that middle order to take that score from 386 to probably a 586. At least you would expect that they would do that at home. Mm. Um, nothing, nothing, uh, um, all credit to Roston Chase as well, who took a Pfeiffer um, and, you know, other ballers chipped in as well. So it's been, it's been really good to see Red Ball back, but again, disappointed that Australia doesn't have a official broadcaster. Um, it's been it's you know it's been disappointing for a few series that here and there that you know Fox has the rights but they don't they don't they choose not to broadcast uh, yep. for whatever reason but that's a different kind of forms so yeah different kind of worms indeed but yeah great to see um, Test cricket back and I think it's very important points for those two teams Schmack and Western is want to try to get as many points as they can in this World Test Championship. Now, uh, national to our last thing for today. Um, MS Dhoni says he wants to retire at Chepok in IPL 2022 or whenever it is, have a swan song there in uh, Chennai. That would be something, wouldn't it? Well, it'd be absolutely brilliant. I hope I'm yeah. there. Uh, it's highly unlikely, but I hope, you know, I hope I get to That'd be, be there. something. That would be absolutely something. So, um, you know, it's it, if anyone deserves... A, a better send off. It's him, you know. If anyone deserves a send off at that venue, it's MS Tony. I know he he never he born, not even born and raised in that city, but the way that that's that state and that team and the fans have adopted him as their own, it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, they, Chennai is almost synonymous with MS Tony now. So it is. Um, coming from a small town in Ranchi, the way he has been adopted by this. Southern city in, in uh, Southern India. It's been absolutely brilliant to see. And they had a big, they had a massive function the other day uh, where they, they, you know, felicitated these Chennai players with the um, chief minister who was there as well. So it's been, it's been really good to see him uh, with, with the, in the Chennai colors. And I really hope he retires at Chepok as well. That would be, That'll be some game. His final game will be some oh. game. And, and I hope it's at Chepok. It's MI versus CSK final. And I hope CSK lose. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm You're just cool. going to say that. So, sorry, that CSK fans. But that yeah. would be something. Um, but then you've got people on Twitter say the script writers will not allow that yeah. in IPO, everything fixed. And, uh, uh. But I agree with you. It would be something if he could uh, finish up there. That'd be that'd be very special for him. And speaking of the IPL, the auction is coming up soon. The mega auction. Oh, that's going to be interesting. So oh, very interesting. We'll see what happens there. The the tweets and everyone following it and going crazy and the prices going mad. So we'll see what happens. Shabel, I hope 
the next Australian captain keeps his genitals in his pants and uh, <laughs> it's a, it's only a matter of time to see who it is. Bloody so probably, probably this pants, week. lad. <laughs> keep, probably keep the sandpaper in your pants. And, and, I, I, and I hope they don't oh cry on gosh. camera. So oh, um, man. if they cry, they cry for next a week. Last week was a World Cup win. This week it was this. Who knows what it'll be next week? Yep. So um, let's, you know, it's only a matter of time before they announce the next captain. So um he is he is to a good ashes. I, I really hope that Australia perform well, keep everything aside, and really go into the ashes with with a positive mindset. And I, I I'm really excited. We all are to see India back um, yeah. against New Zealand in the red ball format as well. So um, thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Crick Block Podcast. And we'll keep we'll keep coming up with new episodes. We'll keep bringing on new guests and new topics to discuss as well. Thank you. Thanks, Nash. Thanks, everyone.